My guest today is a successful songwriter, producer, and keyboardist who's back with his prog band Frost. They're back with a brand new album, their first studio album since 2008, called Falling Satellites. It comes out May 27th. I'd like to welcome Jem Godfrey. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm good. God, you're very clear. Crystal clear. Yeah, you too. The wonders of the internet. I know. It wasn't like this eight years ago. <laughs> so are you based out of London, or where, where are you now exactly? Um, no, I'm kind of about. I mean, it's not far in in sort of US terms. It's it's like the same neighborhood. I'm about I'm about 80 miles south of London. Okay, cool. Was doing a prog thing always something you wanted to do first, and the pop and, and you know and producing and all the other things you do sort of got in the way or backwards or how did you get involved? It was kind of. Um, I mean, I think I, my my first band when I was at high school was was a prog band. And uh, we were awful, <laughs> and so I kind of, you know, the, the, basically, sort of, as you get sort of older, I got to about seventeen, eighteen, and I realised that we weren't going to get anywhere. So I kind of, I had to sort of put that to one side and get get a job in a radio station. And so, kind of, the prog things just went by the by. I didn't think about it anymore because I was just trying to busy get a career going, you know, and, and working really hard and trying to trying to build something up. And then, and then, then the pop thing happened as a direct result of working in a radio station because you get to meet pluggers and all kinds of things and. You know, one thing followed the other, and and then we had a really, really good five years doing sort of pop. But then at the end of that, kind of, if you do that all the time, I was just saying to Tommy earlier, if all you do is if you just have the same dinner every night, it's it drives you mad. And so basically, by the time I'd got to sort of year four or five of doing pop, I was just was just hating it, you know, because it was just it was it was so sort of formulaic, and you couldn't really express yourself musically too much because. It was in a very sort of squeaky clean era with pop in the sort of early two thousands. Yeah, and so um, it kind of it just it sort of evolved as a as a as a sort of a response, a pressure valve against doing doing sort of pop stuff. But because obviously I'd been doing it at quite a high level at that point, my production chops were kind of quite good. And so I just thought, wouldn't it be nice to just do, to apply pop production to like really subversive progressive rock? <laughs> And so and I, hadn't, I hadn't been following prog at all, and so I sort of came back to it and, and was just doing some research, and I was just staggered, I was amazed that there was so much going on, you know, with Spox and all the, you know, all these amazing bands that were, that were, that were I hadn't heard of that had sort of cropped up in the time I'd been away, and and you know, and bands like IQ were still going, and and Pendragon, and you know, and, and it was just it was just a really I remember thinking this this is a scene, this is an actual proper scene, and so it was. Um, it just kind of I thought well I, I wouldn't mind having a go at this, and it was literally just it came out of that that sort of quite innocent at the time looking back on it now sort of desire to, to kind of let off a bit of steam yeah and, and when you look even now you know I mean it's been a good uh, more than 10 years or so since you first started now it's I think it's really blossomed into even more right you I mean you have a dedicated magazine and websites and you know record yeah. labels and all sorts of things going on it's pretty wild and award ceremonies I mean that's yeah. that's 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 something's gone mainstream when they start giving each other awards <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's fantastic though it's fun um so okay so I mean it's been about eight years since the last album and I guess I mean since the last studio album and a few years yeah. since the the Rockfield Files would you get the itch again or what what got you excited about doing another album um it was just kind of it's sort of um 
I was really busy. I mean, I was in the intervening time between the second album and this album. I was busy. I was raising a family. I've got four kids, and just trying to get trying to get some businesses off the ground to kind of to build my pension up. Basically, I was just and it was it was one of those things where it was there was just only there's only so much time that I could you know in the day I ran out of time basically. So that's why there was such a big gap. And I think over the course of that time, I had been writing little bits and pieces, but being so busy with everything else, I wasn't really kind of that focused on it. And then and then it was just a weird sort of kind of hallelujah moment where suddenly just all this stuff started to appear, you know, all this, all this material and thoughts and a concept and chords and songs. And, and I sort of gather little bits of music on on dictaphones on my iPhone, you know, I've got little... I walk past the piano and be like, plong, plong, and, and sort of... I have to sort of listen back six months later and go, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> and basically, kind of over the course of that time, I start to build little songs together and then it just it just kind of reached a critical mass and suddenly it's, all this stuff <laughs> happened. And so it just, I just thought, okay, well, I think this is probably time. So what I did is I... I unusually for me, I shut up. I didn't I didn't go on the internet going, guess what, everybody? It's going to be... You know? So I sort of... I just said, well, let's just... Let's see what happens. And initially, it was going to be a thing called Clouder, which was a sort of less of a... A frosting and more of a meeting because it was more electronic. But then, as as, it, as I was sort of progressing through it, pardon the pun, I kind of thought, actually, this 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 is completely this is just frost, isn't it? This is a frost album. And so, as soon as I sort of had that idea that that it could be a frost album, the floodgates opened, and it it, it was really quick. Actually, it was kind of I don't actually remember writing great chunks of it. And I found I've since found I've got like footage of me with a camera. Um, just filming sort of moments where I'm putting stuff together, and I'm just thinking I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> and so it kind of it just it, it, again it was like the first album; it kind of wrote itself. So I've just been very lucky in that respect with this one. Did John doing the Lonely Robot push you along also, or or was that sort of a, a completely separate coincidence? It was yeah, I mean, kind of John because he's he's really prolific. I mean, he's such a he's such a such a Profound writing. He just—he's very, very good at going. Here's all my ideas, and you know, albums and albums and albums come out of it. And I think I remember listening to that, and there's always been—and he'll—he'll be the first person to say this. There's always a little bit. There's a there's a very healthy, and it is very healthy. It's a healthy sort of rivalry between us. We are very kind of—it's very friendly competition. <laughs> and I remember Lenny Rimmel came, and I thought, right, I'm having that. And it was literally kind of—and it was—it was that. Well, you're absolutely right. It was a thing of thinking. I can, I can. I can do that. So was it, that's the, was it, we, it's like a very, very slow game of prog tennis. <laughs> that's perfect. That's a great way. So, yeah, I'm waiting for the return volley now with Lenny <laughs> Rubble too. Do you guys, I mean, how closely do you work together on a Frost thing or is it really, you know, out of your mind most of the album came out? It's, well, we kind of, I mean, this is the first time we've co-written. We, we co-wrote, I think it was two songs, maybe three. And uh, it was it was because we've always we always like the same music and we always you know we we're all the same artists we really like and all the same melodies and the same chords and we get on really well as people you know and it's kind of he's like my little brother in a way and so it's sort of um, we kind of uh, it was we were just saying it's mad that we haven't you know we've known each other now for eleven years or something you know it's mad we've never written together so we we just we put some time aside and just sort of said well let's just see what we come up with and the first thing we came up with was heartstrings and so we thought we should probably do this again. <laughs> So and then we the next thing we did was was signs I think and lantern which is a B side and um, it kind of just it it's it, it, the problem we've got is because we're both really really busy and he doesn't live anywhere near me so it's actually getting us together is very difficult but when we do get together it's kind of it's a it's a really good kind of experience writing and also I kind of wanted there's there's a track called signs which which John sings and I really wanted I really wanted that kind of I like that that difference on the album because I remember on his Kino album picture. There was a track called "Swimming in Women," which John Beck sang, 
I remember thinking, that's such a lovely idea that you've got a different voice in the middle of all that, you know. So Science was very much his kind of vehicle. And, and I think the majority of the reason why I wrote the bulk of it was mainly just because of time constraints and sort of geography and, right. and the fact that I'm a gigantic control freak. <laughs> you know, uh, Heartstring, speaking of that song, that it, that's one of the, the, the great songs on the album. As It's really sort of the production, it's massive when the drums come in and, and the whole thing. It's really great. But what, what made you bring that one back? Because you have a previous version of it on, on the Rockfield Files, right? And you put the sort of the video out uh, recently, yeah. just kind of reminding people about the song. Uh, what uh, I mean, I'm glad you did it again and, and did this version on here, but what made you do it? I think it was kind of it was as I say, I mean, kind of we. I, I've got about from this from this sort of writing session. I've ended up with about twenty five songs, I think. And it was one of those things where, where it was really, really when we sort of put it out. Everybody, all, uh, all the glorious Frost fans, they really, really liked it. And it was very much like we love that song. We love that song. And it was a really good. It was really good live as well. It was really sort of it went down really well live. And so it just kind of seemed. It seemed mad not to not to sort of have a have a definitive version. Really, I think it's kind of. It's it's you know it, it, it needed to be recorded and kind of filed. I think it was one of those songs that we thought well, it needs to be on the album. And also, it, it segues really nicely into the next song as well. And also, the lyric the lyric of it is really relevant to the whole concept of the album. So it was a bit of a no brainer to put it on. Really. Uh, speaking of the song that comes after it, uh, has uh, Cetriani on there, and I think most people without knowing that will hear it and immediately recognize him on there because he's so <laughs> specific the way he sounds. So what what brought him uh, about on the album? Uh, well, I toured with them. I toured with with um, him and Steve Vai. Oh, that's about... right. I forgot. It. Yeah, you forgot about that. We kind of it was just it was just, it was just one of those very natural. We, you know, he's a lovely he's a lovely guy. We get on really well. And um, you know, I, I kind of I didn't I didn't dare ask, but he was he he kind of when we were on tour, <laughs> he'd look at we did these films a while back called the Frost Reports where we were just basically mucking around and having a bit of a laugh, and it was all quite surreal. And strange, and I remember one day we, I was sort of I came out from the bunks on the bus, and we were driving somewhere, and I saw Joe was sitting in the lounge, and he, he was looking really sort of perplexed. And I said, "Are you all right? Are you okay?" And he said, "What are these films?" <laughs> <laughs> and he found he found all these frost reports, and he was he was I think he was <laughs> he did like them, but he was just kind of like he was a bit perplexed by the stuff we were doing. And so he kind of, I think he sort of, he got, he quite, he got to like Frost quite a lot because I think it, it, it's quite surreal and subversive as a as a kind of entity. And so um, after the tour finished and stuff, I sort of said, you know, I, I don't want to. This is a really, I don't want to impose, obviously, because you know it, it must be so tacky and people must ask you this all the time. But would you mind if you've just got sixteen bars you could give me? Right. I think I think had it been like a sort of a full-on rock track I think he probably would have said no but because it's quite electronic I think he was quite taken with that because it's 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 not something that he normally gets a chance to play over and so I think he he, he sort of came back to me and he, he, he sent me sent the files over and sent me an email going <clears throat> I could have played I could have played over this for hours because it's you know he's really, really he kind of really enjoyed playing with the chord sequence I think and so and it really works because you've got that quite electronic sort of yeah. Soundscape going on, and in the middle of it, you've got Joe Satriani <laughs> going, "Wah!" No, that, that, that part's awesome. I think people will will flip for that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and he did that set. It's a brilliant solo as well. You know, it's and it's that tone. It's that classic, classic Joe tone. Yeah. You know, speaking of Million Town, 
that seems to be one album that when people talk about the the prog favorites over recent years, one that pops up a lot, uh, especially the, the title track, which is still to this day fantastic. Uh, is that one that a lot of the fans still come to you about and, and, you know, you have to play it live when you tour and it's like a big album that they that they hold dear? Yeah, we have had. I mean, it's been it's been one of those songs that kind of... Uh, but I mean, maybe, because we haven't had that much material, it's, it's always been a case of how we're going to fill an hour and a half, a million times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very nice job of taking up about 25 minutes. But now we've got, we've got new material, we've got an extra hour to play with. Um, it's kind of... It's nice to rest it a bit because it, it is once you know you're at the you're at, when you start a bar one beat one you're thinking oh it's a long way to go <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and so it's kind of it's nice to sort of to, to put it to bed for a bit and, and give it a rest but yeah I mean people do people do um they do kind of that is a sort of benchmark for us I think that and the dividing line which wasn't on an album but that's kind of um it's 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 one of those tracks that people sort of like to hear but it, it's kind of it's nice to not have to do it this time we're not doing it this time I'll tell you that now so. Ah, okay. Well, that'll be uh, interesting for people. Uh, but look, they'll be thrilled with the new album. So I think I think yeah, not a problem. I think bands they kind of they're always more interested in the new stuff, aren't they? At the moment, and, and and then bear in mind that whole Sunlight Suite, those six songs. That that's a kind of thirty-two minute epic in itself. So that's, that's, right. that's that gives us something to do. Um, you know, for the people that uh, you know, since it's been a while since an album uh, was out, and maybe they this they're new to the band with this album. You know, explain the origin of the band name and the asterisk uh, being in there as uh, you know prominent. Um, well, <laughs> it's I, Frost. I don't know. It was, again, it's one of these things that you know because I was working completely in a, a, a vacuum on my own. I hadn't I hadn't played it to anybody. I hadn't contacted anybody. I, I think I had a blog, a little tiny blog, which which no one was reading, and it was kind of I was literally was just doing this thing privately, just because it was a really good release valve for, for the pop stuff I was doing uh, at the time and I think <clears throat> the, the asterisk Frost the name I it just I kind of I think I was watching because obviously the weather in the UK is horrendous all the time <laughs> and, and I think it was this one winter and there was a weather forecast on and it was like a big sign over the, over the map of the UK there was a big sign saying Frost <laughs> I thought I can't like that I can't like that and the asterisk do you know what I don't it didn't originally there wasn't an asterisk I don't quite know where it came from I think it might have been Paul our graphic designer um, that might be his invention I can't quite remember <laughs> but it arrived and I thought well fair enough and, and people it, say what does, it, what does it mean what's, what's the asterisk mean and, and it kind of it's you know because normally you have like a little sort of caveat don't you a little sentence at the bottom saying you know your mortgage can go down as well as up <laughs> right so I think it's like a health warning <laughs> there you go well, at this point now, that's it. I mean, you, anybody has to print the name with it, uh, or else they get in trouble, right? That's like a thing. Well, tell me about it. I mean, we've got we've got this terrible trouble because the asterisk isn't on the logo on the front of the album. I've got about hundred. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it is still part of the band, but I just thought it just didn't look right on the front of the album, so we took it off. Well, there was a band. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a band called Panic at the Disco, sort of this pop band where they have. Yeah. After Panic, they had an exclamation point, and after one out, a few albums, they dropped the exclamation point. That's right. And yeah. everybody went crazy, and they had to put it back. Yeah. I kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that the music is slightly more important than the asterisk. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by your other career, and I know that in, in emails and stuff, you, we had mentioned that you work with Gary Barlow and, and, and some of that stuff. And I'm a big fan of some of the other kind of UK pop. Uh, things even that's not uh, prog related. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm 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 curious about some of that stuff that you still do, and what might be some of your favorite things that you've worked on, sort of outside of prog. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of it's it's again, it's 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 about not doing too, one thing too much. You know, if I did, if I just did Frost, I'd probably go mad. You know, if I just did Pop, I'd probably go mad. But having to do these different or having the having the opportunity, be lucky enough to do these different things, is a really nice way of kind of balancing out the stresses of each individual kind of project. And I think I think. Um, Probably at the moment, because it's again, it's one of the most recent things. It's this Fly album we've done, which was, which is a sort of soundtrack album. There's a film out here at the moment. I don't know if it's been released in the states. Called uh, Eddie the Eagle. It was about. It was the world's. It was a sort of Britain's worst skier. <laughs> right. It was, it's classic, classic sort of British mentality. You know, we've 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 made a film celebrating the like <laughs> <laughs> is rubbish. And so it's kind of like it's it's this sort of story of how he got to the Olympics and 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 <clears throat> came last, obviously. Because, but but it was just sort of that kind of. Britain has this very endearing thing of well at least you tried you know there's that kind of there's that sort of mentality so there was an accompanying um, album that I was asked to, to to work with work on which was very 80s inspired so you've got about, you've got artists like Nick Kershaw and ABC and you know and, and Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes to Hollywood and all these kind of these these very iconic 80s artists and I'm because I'm a child of the 80s you know and Gary said to me do, do, you, do you want to work on this and I was like oh this would be amazing so I literally got the chance to sort of, you know, get the Jupiter 8 out and all the old emulator samples and Melindrum and, you know, all these all these sounds that were totally sort of iconic parts of my childhood growing up and watching people on TV programs with DX7s on A-frames and, you know, lots of dry ice and massive hair. It was kind of, a, it was a really big sort of, it was a big part of my childhood. So it's, I think at the moment that, that's been, it's been so much fun to do because it was all those things. I said, are we allowed to use all these things? He said, yeah, absolutely. You can bring it all back. You know, there's no rules. Just, just make it sound authentically 80s and that, that was brilliant because it was really nice to kind of go back over those sounds and, 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 and actually learn now I'm in a position to have my own studio learn how it was all done you know back in the day and oh, it's, been, it's been it was absolutely I mean there wasn't a moment I wasn't just sat in the studio going ha ha this is brilliant <laughs> well I, I'm with you though I mean I, I was a big fan of and still am of, of Nick Kershaw all his current music and the Sky, <laughs> Sky's the Limit song is amazing and it's great uh, song you amazing know, Paul Young and Howard Jones. I loved all that stuff growing up. Yeah, and I think it's the thing. I think these artists have still got something to say. You know, they they, they weren't they didn't embarrass themselves with the songs that they that they submitted to it. I mean, I didn't work on all of it, but I got to hear the album as a as a as a fan. You know, as much as anything else. And and it was it was there wasn't there wasn't a track where you sort of think, well, you know, probably I don't know. It was just, it was just that lovely kind of. They're all still very vital artists with something to say. You know, their voices are all there, and you know, it's it's really really heartening to see that. Because I mean, Nick's such a great songwriter, anyway. Yeah. There's a very, there's a very sort of, um, there's two weird things actually. Because Go West are on the album as well, so there's this weird sort of Lonely Robot thing link. Because Nick Kershaw played a guitar solo on Lonely Robot, and Peter Cox from Go West sang on Lonely Robot. So there's a kind of weird, even 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 while I'm not doing prog, John Mitchell's there, his little face. <laughs> it's kind of uh, weird, a weird tie-up. Well, I'll tell you one of the funny when I when I first started doing the this website and blog and and starting to interview uh, people, um, Nick Kershaw did a thing with Steve Hackett on, oh, yeah. the, on the Genesis Revisited thing, and I was like, well, there's a way I can interview Nick Kershaw. <laughs> and so I went, <laughs> I found a loophole in Prague to interview Nick Kershaw, and it was one He's of the big Prague fan. He's a big Prague fan, yeah, isn't Nick? That was one of my highlight uh, interviews. So, uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, being that uh, again that you're that you're in the prog world and and in the pop world, and you get to mesh the two with the streaming and downloading. You know, what do you think about all that? And and has it affected the pop stuff so so much that you know maybe doing prog now is just as good? I, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's absolutely right. I think these days, um, everyone makes money from touring. I think, to be honest, I think the albums—it's almost gone back to that kind of '50s, '60s thing, where where the album was was the sort of poster for your for your concerts. You know, people that would then go and see you. I think it's 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 come right back round to that now. I think, and and it's probably actually it's probably quite healthy. Um, for, for music in a whole to, to have it I mean, this is, I'm probably going to get beaten to death by my <laughs> my fellow musicians it's kind of I you know it, it, I think it, it probably needed taking a peg or down a peg or two because it was just getting so preposterous you know I mean I remember we did we did a track for Holly Valance or Valance back in the day and I think we got paid about £10,000 to, to make the record and then they spent a million quid in the video <laughs> And it was just that thing of thinking, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> can we can we not have some of that? So it was just sort of. I think you know, there's in a way, I think it's been quite healthy that it's kind of forced people to to really be better, you know. And 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 I don't think, I don't think you know, if anybody going into music now, I don't I don't necessarily think you know, we, we, you're not going to end up with a with a, a, a apartment in you know Beverly Hills and five Humvees and stuff. I think it's it's more it's more um, going back to being a bit more honest kind of hard work and it's probably people are still making a living out of it you know there's a lot of a lot of prog bands have kind of actually sort of positively flourished I think since since this has happened because there's actually you, you know you can get your music out there a lot easier and I think that's probably that's probably a good thing if you're good you shouldn't have anything to worry about yeah I mean what I I sort of have noticed what I think has happened is because let's say your band starting out uh, maybe like a frost if a frost is new you know uh, yeah. you know you can say you can sort of assume well we're not going to get this on the radio so yeah. we may as well just throw everything we want and just write whatever we want and and do it to our core fans and in a way then it's more on like you're saying more honest and and the core people that we're going to like it like it yeah I think that's right I mean, the, the, the difficult bit is just getting new music heard in the first place because obviously it's just a huge sea of music now and it's, it's 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 as long as you can raise your hand up enough to get seen. And I don't know how you do that, whether it's by a startling video or just a very very good song. I just it kind of I think it makes bands work a bit cleverer and think a bit harder. And I think that's you know again I think that's a, that's only good for creativity generally. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, listen, man, uh, this is fun. Thanks for the interview. Great album. I think everybody's gonna love it. And uh, you know, let's stay in touch and wish you the best. Definitely. All right. I'll speak to you soon. All right, man. Thank you. Bye. Yes. Bye. Thanks to Jem for the interview. We're going to close with the first single off the album. This is Heartstrings. For more information and upcoming interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks.
so lightly If you try to go for your